Welcome back to Been There, Watch That. Mr. Joe here maintains our website, beentherewatchthat.com. He said just the other day he's got it up to date if you want to go back see some of our past episodes and the rating that we gave each one. We re- recently had a, a highly rated one. Yeah, I have Freedom Riders. Yeah, uh, you're, you're that'll t- be up soon. I was going to say, you're talking it up, Justin, and I haven't gotten the Freedom Riders <laughs> up yet. That's okay. <laughs> one of our, that was a really good movie. In uh, Mop Bucket range for us. That's our highest rating. And, 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 and let the record show that that was my pick before Dave <laughs> yeah. starts breaking his arm, patting himself on the back on that one. <laughs> what? <laughs> No way. Switching gears a lot with uh, today's pick. This is from the fans <laughs> list. The 1980 film starring Jack Nicholson, The Shining. Yeah, that uh, a complete uh, different direction going from Freedom Riders to The Shining. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, gosh. <laughs> Stanley Kubrick, jeez. Psychological horror, it's called, I guess. Dave yeah. gave us a little bit of a preview as to what it was about. I kind of knew something about a hotel or something, but basically uh, a family that gets has a has some issues when they're in a very desolate, isolated old hotel in the winter time. We'll get into it. Yeah, I I knew that this movie had a lot of culture references like the one Dave sent last night uh, a little peek behind the curtain Dave sent Justin and I a text last night had a picture of uh, Jack breaking through the door yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> somebody put it on their bathroom door on yeah. the inside yeah it seems like an appropriate place it's but like, yep but I did not realize how many pop culture references there are out oh, in this gosh. movie yeah like the bicycle and Jack going through the door those are givens in the mm-hmm. twins yep but there, there's some red men. rum. Yeah, like I didn't, I didn't realize that that came from there. Yep. Tony, Tony's a good character in this one. Oh. Yes. I bet there's. I'm gonna say it right now. I bet there's more of this movie than both of you. Have you? So, yeah, I bet there's more of this movie than a lot of people listening to this realize, or both of you realize, or because I didn't realize it either. Um, I'm just saying in general, there's a lot of hidden references. Yes. Hmm. Ooh, scary stuff. Want to give us the rundown, Joe? Yeah, All give right. us a rundown, Joe. All Come right. on, man. Been there, watch that. Rundown on Shining. So Jack Torrance becomes winter caretaker at the isolated Overlook Hotel in Colorado, hoping to cure his writer's block. He settles in along with his wife, Wendy, and his son, Danny, who is plagued with by psychic uh, premonitions. As Jack's writing goes nowhere and Danny's visions become more disturbing, Jack discovers the hotel's dark secrets and begins to... Unravel into a homicidal maniac hell-bent on terrorizing his family. So here's the casting call. We have Jack Nicholson uh, playing Jack Torrance. He's known for Chinatown, As Good As It Gets, Batman, and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Shelley Duvall plays Wendy Torrance, and she's known for Popeye and Annie Hall. Danny Lloyd plays Danny Torrance, and he's known for Dr. Sleep. Scatman uh, Carruthers plays Dick uh, Holloran. He's known for One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Twilight Zone the movie, and the Aristocats. Now, he looks super familiar. Is he like a comedian or something? That I don't know, because I, I thought the same thing when I saw him. So I'm going to look him up here. Uh, Philip Stone plays Charles Grady, and he's known for Clockwork Orange and Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom and Flash Gordon. Tony Burton 
plays Durkin, and he's known for the Rocky movies. Barry Denon plays Watson, and he's known for Jesus Christ, Superstar, Fiddler on the Roof, and Metal Gear Solid Sons of Lip Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty, the video game. So let me look up. Looks like he's a musician slash actor. Yeah. Scatman. I just I feel 1930s, like 1930s he formed a band, spent years in Akron. And he's done Kong Kong Fooey. Uh-huh. Yeah, I don't know. I just he was in Zapped. Okay. Uh, Transformers, back in the eighties, the cartoons. Sanford and Son. Born in nineteen ten, so he was seventy. Seventy six. The new Scooby Doo mysteries. Silver Streak. Taxi. He was in Taxi. Yep. Did they, either of you think it was kind of uh, strange, a little, maybe a little irresponsible for the parents just to be like, oh, yeah, go have some ice cream with this Yes. Man, yes. With this man that was we so weird. Because he, ago. Or just let him wander off. Or we're going to leave him in the game room. Yeah. Well, but think back, guys. This was the 80s. This was back when yeah. you could still let kids just roam around. And, oh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, like, <clears throat> if they t- try to remake us today, just that scene of the boy staying with some guy that you don't even know, yeah, that, that throws up a whole other level of creeper factors. Yeah, and it got creepy in a hurry. Yeah, you know, He just met him and talked to him about well, the shining. Got, it got creepy before he they even got to the hotel, because you could tell they were, when they are at the house at the beginning, it's like, not a, not, none of them is uh, mentally stable. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the whole... <clears throat> That's where we first meet Tony. Very, Tony, very yeah. Beginning, and it's this kid does a weird little thing with his finger where he's like <laughs> making a little sock puppet and he's using another voice. Oh yeah, I forgot. I, I told Cena, I said like, I'm going to open the show next time <laughs> doing that to the guys, and I completely forgot uh. that joke. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's so weird. I man, I forgot. There's a lot of little intricacies in this movie. I've seen this movie before. Mm-hmm. I remember watching it when I was a little kid, and just the whole blood rushing out of the elevator scene. Scared the bejesus out of me. You know they got that in three takes. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. But yeah, there's there's so much, uh, so many hidden gems, these little Easter eggs in this movie. It's crazy. Santa Cruz, Stanley Kubrick, Kubrick did a great job. Apparently, a bit of a nightmare to work with though on set for some of the actors. Yeah, because he was like so particular. Like some stuff he had to do. Like there was like fifty takes. Oh, I'm sure. But I mean, look at the outcome. Yeah, holy cow! The the blood scene with elevators, mm-hmm. the Motion Picture Association of America would not allow blood to be shown on any of the trailers when the it, the trailers you know that's mm-hmm. that's perfect for all ages. Uh, Stanley Kubrick persuaded them that the blood was rusty water to get it passed. Oh wow! <laughs> so basically, lied through his teeth. Yeah, they uh, probably knew, but they're like, all right, we'll just let him. We'll let I mean, him it does rush in there like water, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no way that could be that much blood. Yeah. So the <laughs> whole water. premise, I mean, can you guys imagine, I, when I was watching this, I was thinking, who in their right mind wants to spend five months snowed in? You know, the guy goes there, well, we get 20 foot of snow, you know, and the road's impassable. I was just like, five months with, you know, your spouse and a child. How mentally crazy is that? And, well, it, and nothing, that you could have the best spouse and child in the world. But five months together in an isolated hotel on top of a mountain? Yeah. Uh, that's enough to drive anybody crazy. Yeah. I, I, that was one of those, the conversations Cena and I had. I told her, I was like, you know what? 
I think I could try it up for a little bit. Like if as long as I had yeah. like internet connectivity. I mean, you could. I think I, I think I'd be good for like at least a month because it's a big enough area. Like everybody yeah. could do their own thing and not be on top of each other, driving each other nuts. Yeah. And you don't have you don't have people bothering you. Basically, a limitless supply of groceries is like. I could probably hold up there for a little while. Yeah. Well, let's play that game. How long could you make it in that hotel before you think you'd go stir crazy? Hmm. First of all, let's see. How long could you make it by yourself? Okay, back in the hotel in the 80s or like if it was modernized? Like if it had internet. Hmm. That, that's a change. That's, that's, that's a change? That, yeah. we got to give Joe his internet. <laughs> Let him have his internet. Say our way all right, all right. Let's assume you have an internet okay. connection. The internet connection... I could probably, I could probably go a month, probably two months, easy. Two months? Yeah, I mean, no worries, no stress, no aggravation. You don't have to worry about going after groceries. You don't have to. There's literally, and and think you, about you it. Would, to go outside though, you'd have to be in like deep snow, and so you, outside would be an issue. Oh, well, keep that in mind. So you're restricted to a hotel now. It's a big hotel, but right. you're restricted to indoors, for the most part. And there's little girls, twin girls, telling you to come play with them. <laughs> well, see, now, now you just guys are throwing wrenches all this, you know, all the snow, and then you just yeah, the creeper yeah. factor. Okay, well, so now that changes everything. Well, deep, well Knowing not, that it was on Indian burial grounds. Not actually seeing anything or anything like that, but do you think just being in a big hotel like that would feel kind of creepy all alone? Oh, I think it would be. Oh, yeah. Because there'd be noises and creaking and groaning and... Yeah. There's got to be animals trying to get in for the winter and, you know, just so massive. You'd have to be like, somebody could stay on the other side of this hotel and I'd never know it. Yeah, yeah, literally some, yeah, yeah, a homeless person could go in there yeah. and stay in there and... Did I miss something or why, what was really the point that, why did they need a caretaker? Because it didn't seem like he really did all that much. Caretaking. Just to keep heated so the pipes and stuff don't burst and maintain the general stuff. Just to keep an eye out if something goes wrong. Yeah. Or... Because it didn't seem like he'd really had any, like, job duties or anything. No. Well, she went around with the list and checked the power and yeah. mm-hmm. and stuff like that. It's one of those, it wouldn't be a bad gig, other than what you guys start mentioning. It's haunted. and yeah. Other than and five 20 months feet of snow. isolated on a mountain with 20 yeah. foot of snow, yeah. But Not like, bad. What, how long do you think you can make it, Dave? Oh, gosh. You get internet, but that's it. <laughs> you get the internet, but but all the creepy stuff stays. <laughs> By myself, it'd be hard because I would be bored to death. Right. So I, I could do a month, yeah. but after I don't know if I could do more than that. Right. All right, Justin, by yourself. I was thinking the same a month. I don't think I've got the grit Joe does to go to. So okay, so now let's include family. Maybe. Now you get some family members, whether it be Joe and I are married, so mm-hmm. let's assume spouses and kids. Um. Justin, let's assume you get to pick a couple family members to go with you. Okay. How long could you make it with some family? I think that would definitely make it easier if you pick the right people. I I don't know because <laughs> might make well, it worse. Two weeks. Well, well, here here's my thing, Sadie, and I'm thankful every day for this. She's an outside kid. Yeah. So being cooped up inside, yeah. she would just it would drive her nuts, which in turn would drive me nuts. Yeah. So it's like probably two. Yeah, jokingly, two weeks. <laughs> it goes down instead yeah. of extending yeah. your stay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm tired of everybody. We're leaving. <laughs> yeah. but, but that's... Uh, that, that's snowcat or whatever that thing was. Yeah, now that thing was cool. Okay, now if if we had 20 foot of snow and the snowcat, that's a game changer. Could get you somewhere. Oh, yeah. Then I, then I could have fun. Yeah. But that'd be just like 
taking a, an ATV out in the snow around here. That that can make it doable. You know, and that's true. Why didn't they take the snowcat and drive the 20 miles down the mountain to the town every once in a while? Right. Just to get out. Uh-huh. Right. I mean, even if it did 10 miles an hour, it'd only be two hours to get to somewhere. Well, and, and it's one of those, what else do you really have going on that day that mm-hmm. you're in such a hurry? Yeah, I agree. That is weird. With the timeline, like, they would, the screen would go black and it would show, like, Tuesday or Thursday yeah. or whatever. Like, how how much time did pass before they started to go a little It nutty? seemed like one week. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, I think it was less than a Saturday. week. Saturday. The way it talked. Sunday, the way it Monday, Tuesday. Played and, out. And then it was on. Uh, yeah. Jack Nicholson plays it well. Oh, oh perfect. The yeah. unraveling guy. Yeah, Cena said, like, if they literally could not have found a more, a better actor to play a crazy person. Yeah. Him he looked it. Going, it. going to the bar and imagining he's with the bartender, yeah. chatting him up and laughing and stuff. But see, if you were bored and you're there by yourself, yeah, that's the conversations yeah. you'd have with yourself. Yeah. I can see that. So, Dave, I know you, you, you're not a fan of it and you have it seen any of the Batman movies mm-hmm. but the one with Michael Keaton back in the 80s Jack Nicholson plays the Joker and Justin correct me if I'm wrong but there are some similarities between Jack in the Shining and, and his Joker character yeah I'd have to go back and watch Batman again but there's, well, there's one that flew over the cuckoo's nest same so he plays the crazy person very well yes he does he looks it his eyebrows are kind of crazy anyway his hair you know yeah he's kind of got that look and that's it it kind of, you know, if I was the guy, I, I mean, I understood they were desperate to get somebody, but I'd been looking at this cat saying, yep, he isn't going to make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because he just kind of, well, being, being the audience, you, you see their home life. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, they're all just like one one blunt blow to the head away from going off the deep end anyway. So like, yeah. they're not they're not most mentally stable people to begin with to be put in this situation. Yeah, and that's I like he asked him about his family. He's like, Yeah, I'm I'm gonna write, you know, former teacher, former teacher, i.e. jobless. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I'm gonna write through this. What about your wife and son? They're gonna love it too, of course. I'm like Yeah, it's all smiles and handshakes at the oh, beginning. Yeah. He arrives and basically the main guys that run the hotel are giving him a tour and it's all oh wow, this place is really nice. We're gonna love it here, my family and I. Oh, this room's perfect, nothing could go wrong. Yeah. But yeah yeah, I think What's going on with his character is, in reality, he's like, just getting this, because like he said before, otherwise I'd be shoveling snow or mm-hmm. doing whatever, some job he hates, so he's putting on a front and being all, uh, making it appear his life is all together, and he's a stand-up guy to, to get the job, and then once he gets in, it goes away pretty quick. Right. So, uh, a little research last night, they said to get Jack Nicholson in the right agitated mood. He was fed only cheese sandwiches for two weeks, which he hates. <laughs> yeah, Kubrick apparently was a fan of, uh, yeah, you can't just show up on the scene and act. You had to be put through a little bit of stuff in order to bring out the best. I mean, 127 takes on the, the baseball bat on the stairwell yeah, scene. Yeah, at some point you just like, just, you want a baseball scene? You want a picture, a scene with this bat here, or just take it right outside of his head? <laughs> there, is that good enough? Yeah. <laughs> I'll give you a baseball bat shot. Well, so Stephen King wrote a screenplay for this. You know, it's based off his book, and mm. Kubrick didn't even give it a glance. He said, "Eh, King's writing is weak." Instead, he just went with 
Diane Johnson on the screenplay because he's a fan of her book, The Shadow Knows. They spent 11 weeks and wrote the script. Yeah, Stephen King was actually disappointed with the final film. He said that uh, while hmm. Kubrick's visuals were stunning, he said that was surface and no substance. Mm-hmm. And Stephen King often refers describes the film as a fancy car without an engine. Uh, yeah. And I'm going, ooh. And Stephen King did not like Kubrick's adaptation of the book. Yep. King criticized it for deviations from the novel. Yeah. Uh, apparently didn't stick to the... Yeah, story. King didn't like Jack Nicholson. He just thought he was all wrong for the part. Ooh. Is that a segue into Would You Rather? <laughs> because, it, yeah, I mean, it, he talked about it because of that manic grin. The audience automatically identified him as loony anyway. But in the book, Jack Torrance's gradual descent into madness is what was the big part. Yeah, they kind of throw that you pretty early on with the kid. He starts seeing dead people pretty quickly. <laughs> And they filmed uh, the, you know, where they drove to the place. That's all filmed in the Glacier National Park in Montana. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was pretty epic. Which I've been there, and it is amazing. Sequence. Yeah. Um, just seeing that kid ride around on his three-wheeler, that kind of brought me back to what I would do the same thing in my house as a kid, but I was just thinking, man, to have a huge hotel like that to ride, oh, ride your three-wheeler around. That'd be, that'd be every day. kid's dream. Yeah. There'd be so much stuff. I could have had a lot of fun running around that hotel, I think. Yeah, because then you just ride up the elevator and just wheel your trike right into the mm-hmm. the uh, elevator, then go to the next floor and do it all again. Yeah. Well, they they used uh, Oregon's Timberline Lodge for a lot of the exterior shots. And um, they requested, get this, they requested they make the room 237 because they didn't want people to avoid that room. And ironically, so they really used room 217, but they right. changed it in the movie to 237 because there isn't a room 237. But ironically, the most requested room is room 213, yeah. 217. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it made me think that this would, could actually help a, a hotel out. Oh, yeah, most it's definitely. It's not like people are going to be like, oh, that's scary, I don't want to go there. They're like, oh, I want to go there and be a little creeped out. Yeah, on purpose. <laughs> I saw, yeah. So what? I don't. Want, maybe we shouldn't skip all the way to this. But what, what the heck did you make of the zoom in on the picture at the very end? Okay, so that okay. I'm glad you brought that up, because that confused the crap out of me. Because I was tickled to death with the ending, but then they brought that stupid picture up, and it's like, well, that just killed the ending altogether for me. <laughs> he was in it to 1927. Jack was. Yeah. But it's like, why? Yeah, exactly. What did that mean? Yeah. Thank you, Justin. I'm glad you brought that up because that was a. I I first thought it was like might have been my short attention span that missed something, but I'm glad that. Well, it, it talks about the reincarnation, 1921. Jack Kubrick said the ballroom photograph at the very end suggests the reincarnation of Jack, that he's a reincarnation of a guest or someone on the staff at the Overlook in 1921. Well, that is. That makes absolutely no sense. That's yeah, yeah. That explanation still makes absolutely no sense. Could I would have been cool with him showing him uh, turn into a popsicle at the yeah. end, and th- that's yeah. the end of the movie. But it's one of the, to me. It seemed like the picture's like, oh well, we've got this extra footage that we haven't used anything. Oh, I just throw it at the end. Nobody'll know any different. It's like I just killed uh, the ending for me. Did it really? I thought it yes. was interesting because it was like, man, it's kind of haunting that you know he's in a photo. 
you know, in the middle of the hotel. Because, I mean, who really walks around and looks at all those old photos with any detail in a hotel like that? Or, you know, you go into a museum and there's photos of stuff. Right. I mean, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Do you really look at it and say, wow, that looks like somebody I know? I mean, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. To me, I found it kind of satisfyingly warped. You know, here's a photo and he's in it. Well, I'm just, well, to me, it's like, okay, one, did I miss something? And two, if I didn't, then that literally makes no sense on, on why it's, it's at one zoom level. I'm like, is that Jack in the front? And then it zooms a little bit more. I'm, like, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it is. And then they really zoom in on his face. Yeah. I'm like, what? Yeah, just to drive home any any doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's this whole thing about people either having the shine or not having the shine, which is basically they can be tuned in with like people's thoughts and hear conversations. Like the kid could hear his parents talking even though he couldn't audibly hear them. He's like hearing them with his mind through the walls and stuff. And then, I mean, by the end of it, didn't the entire family have the shine? You know, the wife was seeing all sorts of stuff at the end. So it's like, if it, you're under enough stress, you could start seeing stuff? Or it, it's, al- it's, it's almost like the Stranger Things meets The Sixth Sense. It's a kind of made kinda, like some people had it and some didn't. But I mean... She but, didn't have it the whole movie until the very end. Yeah, and relate it back to when he's sitting in the bar and he talks about, I've always been the caretaker. You know what I mean? So it kind of reinforces that reincarnation deal. Yeah. You know, like Jack's soul is part of the hotel. Yeah. And I go back to the Indian burial ground thing. You know, it's kind of a sacred site. They build a building on it. It's haunted. You know, and Jack just plays into that role as the next person, you know, that the hotel's going to absorb, so to speak. So that's how I took it. Because the bartender, I mean, it's like, oh, no, he's a regular. He, uh-huh. He's well established at that hotel. Even yeah. In his mind, he's maybe it's the first time he's been to that bar, but like, oh, no. Yeah. Money's no good here. Well, I, I just wrote that off as, like, he's losing his mind. So, like, in his mind, the yeah. bartender says, your money's no yeah. good here, sir. Yeah. I did, too. Yeah. Was, for him, it was so vivid. It's like the whole ballroom area was, like, filled up with people. Like, So I guess it was kind of saying that he'd been there before. Well, and Charles Grady, who was the former caretaker, killed his family with an axe. And then you got Jack, picks up the axe, going to redo it again. Right. So I, I kind of saw that, again, I'll go back to that last photo, is, you know, the hotel kind of absorbed Jack into it again. Yeah. That's how I understood it. So would you guys want to play a quick round of Would You Rather? Sure. Okay. So I just have for the character Jack. So for Jack, would you rather see uh, Jack Nicholson or Robert De Niro? Nah, Nicholson's a slam dunk for this oh, role. Just wait. Justin? I think it's. I think De Niro could pull it off, but maybe not as well. What about Robin Williams? Nope. I've seen Robin Williams in like uh, the one about where he's a film guy. One hour photo. Yeah, one hour photo where he is creepy, but nah, Jack Nicholson's maniac, man, manic look. Yeah, I can't picture Williams taking an axe to a door and knocking it down. Have you have you seen one hour photo? No. Okay, because that's what I was basing my argument on. I think Robin Williams could pull it off, and I think because they didn't want him to use him because this was right after Mork and Mindy, so they mm-hmm. think he's too, you know, uh, too over the top. But I think 
based off of one hour photo, if he would have had this, this would have opened up doors for a much showing just how wide of a range. I think I think Robin Williams could have pulled it off. Uh what about Harrison Ford? No. Justin? I've seen him in too many good guy movies. Yeah, it'd be kinda hard to picture him tapping into that uh descent into madness that Nicholson pulls off. This next one, I have no idea where they was going with this. Chevy Chase. No, gosh, no. <laughs> yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> Chevy Chase doesn't seem to have a mean bone in his body. Exactly. Uh, Martin Sheen. Hmm. That's the dad. I'm trying to yeah. picture what he yeah. looked like in 1980. Maybe, but I He's still. He's a little old though, but maybe yeah. not. Leslie Nielsen. No. And I was thinking, okay, the guy from Airplane, really? You're going to have him in the show? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> gosh. Uh, last but certainly not least, Christopher Reeve. I don't know much about him. I've Superman he's movies. Superman, but he was so cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. I'd say no. Okay. Hmm. But that, that, when I read that, I was like, that's such a broad spectrum of potential... Uh, actors to play Jack like there, there's no themes like literally they just opened up the book and like threw darts at the A-list and was like okay what well, landed yeah. on this one let's pick him uh, yeah. there was, there's li- literally no rhyme to reason hmm. I found the if you want to call it music or I mean it was music but it's designed to be like on your edge as you see very tense type stuff yes Sometimes I found the way that popped into the movie really loudly was a little bit uh, jarring and off-putting, which was supposed to be jarring, but right. I was like, man, this is some over-the-top edgy music going on, where it's just like high-pitched violins going crazy and yeah, whatever else they threw in. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those, it was over-the-top, but I think that was the whole intent, is like yeah. to keep you on edge and keep you agitated. Yep. Which it did its job well. Nope. <laughs> we gotta throw in the hedge maze because that's the central. Oh, that thing oh, is so crazy! Oh my gosh! People have seen it before, like these huge uh, hedges, like bushes that are cut out into a maze formation. This one was serious. This was yeah. like big ones with all different twists and turns, and they tell them early on, like plan on at least an hour to get in and out of that thing. And the son and the mother go. Running around exploring it. The little kid figured it out though. It seemed like yeah, he the knew time right he away. Put in to, like exploring it before helped him in the end when his dad's trying to kill him with an axe. It's kind of crazy. So get this: uh, Stephen King once visited the Overlook Hotel, but it was called the Stanley Hotel in Estes Park, Colorado, which I've been to, hmm. and it made a strong impression on King because it had long, eerily empty corridors because he stayed right before the hotel closed for the winter. And uh, he reports mm. having glimpses of a young boy roaming the halls, even though he and his wife were the only registered guests at the time. Hmm. That's pretty creepy. I don't know. When, what year was this? 80. 1980, man. Lot of lot of stuff going on. So there's a lot of. Uh, so you've been to that hotel, but not on purpose, or did you? 
No, I just drove by Estes mm-hmm. Park. Yeah. Did you get a creeper factor just by driving by? Not really, because it was summertime, and we were more looking for, you know, moose and elk and stuff mm-hmm. like that in the park. This is more outdoor stuff. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't even remember seeing it. I don't know, a lot of, lot of stuff going on in this movie. So did you guys think at all that there was any sexual abuse to Danny from his dad? No. Okay. So there are a lot of things in this movie that kind of lead to that. One. Um, now, I was thinking, oh, obviously there was physical abuse, but I don't know about sexual abuse. Okay. One, um, when during his interview while he's waiting in the lobby, he's looking at a Playgirl magazine. Hard to catch. Okay. Hard to catch. You had to, you know, stop the movie and then zoom in. You had to have the ability to do that to catch that. Okay. But yeah, he's looking at a Playgirl magazine. Two. Well, that just adds another creeper factor. Uh huh. Yeah. Why is that in a hotel lobby? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's what. Yeah. Two. There's a lot of uh, innuendos about you know homosexuality or incest. One of the articles in the Playgirl magazine, if you can read the cover when it's zoomed in, says, you know, incest in families. And then, uh, two, the whole uh, dog-slash-bear scene. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, so, you know, a little sexual act there on a male guest by uh, what I'm presuming is a male in a bear costume with the back undone and, you know. Yeah. That whole scene, and then, you know... Tony lives in the little boy's mouth, hides in his stomach, and if you go back to the doctor scene in the very beginning of the movie, uh, Danny's laying, you know, and he has a bear um, stuffed animal that he's laying on, and he doesn't have any pants on. Who, who doesn't have pants on? Danny, when the doctor's talking to him, the female doctor's talking to him. That's kind of weird. I I noticed that, but I didn't really put it together. And then I went and read some fun facts here on the movie, did a little research. I was like, what the heck? Okay. Kind of creepy. Yes. So that just changes everything because. And then if you look at the elevator, it has like two eyes above it. Pull up a picture of the elevator real quick. It has two eyes that are very similar to the bear uh, stuffed animal above the elevators. If you look at that. It does. Yeah, so there's a lot of references back to that bear. And then the bear scene that the mom looks at at the very end when she's walking around with the knife. Hmm. You know, with the what we're presuming is a uh, sexual act on a male guest. Mm-hmm. Kind of. Holy Toledo Batman. Yeah, puts a whole new spin on it. So then when she asks him who strangled the boy... Danny, you know, and then he has that whole scene, you know, right before that where he says, Danny, come over here and sit on my lap. And, you know, and he doesn't really want to. The boy doesn't want to. Okay, so where did the marks on Danny's neck come from, or did we not know? They don't say. Okay. Well, I just want to make sure I didn't miss something. But Danny's obviously not comfortable with his dad. And I just took that as like some supernatural. Well, none of them's mentally stable. Yeah, and well, I, just, I, mean, I just wrote it off as that. Before that, though, remember he went to get his fire truck. Yeah, you know, and he went into the apartment where his dad was awake. Right. And he tells him to come sit on his lap. So it doesn't really say anything happened. But then in the next scene, you know, he's got marks on his neck, and the dad's sitting there screaming from a nightmare well, where he says he killed them all. The kid claims that the the lady in the bathtub 
in room 237 tried to strangle him. Okay, so let's go back to the bathtub scene. Oh, that was creepy. Yeah, yes. so, you know, a lady, a young lady gets up out of the bathtub, and she is pristine and beautiful. And then, you know, when he kisses her and hugs her, it's an ugly old hag. So there's a metaphor there, according to the fun facts, that, you know, that's, um, you know, the main character that uh, Jack Nicholson plays, that's him realizing that he is not interested in women, you know, and that he's... Because, mm. you know, and then you look, he doesn't wear a wedding ring although his wife does. He doesn't have a good relationship with his wife. You know, any relationship. Yeah, he, he sleeps the opposite that she does. He talks kind of bad about her. Yeah, he, he doesn't chance. like her, you know, and he yeah. tells her to stay away from him, and, you know, he's working, and so they don't have any relationship in the movie. Well, see, this just changes my outlook on everything because I just assumed, like, none of them was mentally stable to begin with. Yeah. And just kind of pushed them over the edge. And the whole doctor thing. Uh-huh. Sent, I just kind of wrote, I never even gave that a, a glimpse or a thought because I just assumed, like, okay, the doctor's there for an examination and just wrote it off as that. Yeah. Not thinking, like, okay, she wasn't there for physical and mental. She was just there for a mental evaluation, apparently. Mm-hmm. I just assumed she was a general practitioner doctor. Like, she did the whole head-to-toe examination, yeah. and that was just normal. That's, that puts a completely different perspective on it. Yeah, kind of warped and there's all those little hints you know and then the then the dad goes to kill danny you know and he has to trick him yeah at the end yeah i think and the mom kind of refuses to see any of the stuff you know in the movie they were watching when he went to get his fire truck that movie was about a young man that has an affair with an older person kind of like the graduate yeah it seemed a little age inappropriate the yeah, kid yeah. Was watching. I'm like what are, what are they watching here oh yeah and then you know there aren't any like cables running to the TV <laughs> I bet there's yeah just tons of stuff it seemed like that's part of Kubrick's thing is loading up with some subtle things here and there in, in the imagery and stuff yeah uh, that's a lot of stuff loaded in there that's kind of kind of cool to not totally hit people over the head with it just hide it in there for people to discover well, and so that's the whole, you know, so many turns to this movie. That's another layer. And you start thinking about, you know, all right, so now it's about overwintering in a hotel that is haunted on burial grounds, Indian burial grounds, which is bad mojo all across the board. And then you have, you know, of course, the isolation and going crazy. And then um, you throw that in there, sexual abuse and the little boy that has the shining powers. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Whew. Whole lot of stuff going on. Playgirl, yep, I see it now. <laughs> Playgirl. Yeah, isn't that crazy? So we we touched on this, but we didn't discuss a lot, very deep the door bashing scene with the axe. Mm-hmm. For that scene. Uh, the props department built a door that could be easily broken. However, Jack Nicholson had worked as a volunteer fire marshal and broke it too easily, so the props department had to go back and reinforce and build a, a stronger door for him to hack, to hack through. So he had had experience as a fire marshal to break his doors easily. <laughs> made the props department <laughs> redo their work. Yeah. Yeah. 
And Jack Nicholson actually wrote a little bit of the scene where his wife comes in and interrupts him while he's writing, and he goes off on her. Yep. And he said he had that kind of happen when he was under the pressure of being a family man with a daughter, and he accepted a job to act in a movie, and he's writing a movie at night, and uh, his beloved wife Sandra walked in on him, and he uh, had that manic episode, so he put it right into the movie. Yeah, things go. Your image of him changes pretty quick, where he was all smiles and hunky dory to to that scene where he totally goes off on her and tells her to get the heck out of here, not bothering while he's trying to write. You can just see the how frustrated he is as a writer because he's mad that he's not able to write what he wants to write, and he kind of takes it out on her when she comes in. Yeah. Interrupts him. Well, and then you see the scene where, you know, the typewriter has the same lines it over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Kind of crazy. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, uh... Now, towards the end of the shooting, they had a fire that broke out and destroyed a lot of the sets. Really? Mm-hmm. They never really discovered what caused the fire, and it burned down two sound stages and... Uh, at Elstree Studios. It's huge. Do we know money wise? Do we anybody get numbers on that? Um, uh, let me see. For the final scene, they took uh, 900 tons of salt and hmm. created an elaborate wintry maze to make it look like that. That and crushed styrofoam. Wow. Took five years to make. Really? Mm -hmm. Well, if you're taking 50 takes on everything, I can see why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't 100% buy the kid retracing his steps and then, like, uh, getting down in the snow and, like, covering his hands to cover his tracks. Yeah, that seems like that would be pretty easy to notice. So the budget was an estimated $19 million. Opening weekend brought in 622,000, but gross uh, U.S. sales was U.S. and Canada was a little over 45 and a half million worldwide, a little over 47 million. Yeah. I guess that cult classic. Yeah, I'm glad I got to watch, possibly rewatch, because there's little things here and there I kind of remember seeing when I was younger, but. I mean, like him riding around on his little three-wheeler and seeing the twins. I feel like I saw that before. But yeah. So much pop culture reverberations, too, though. It could be something else. could have been on Family Guy or something I saw the same. Yeah, Family Guy's made a few references to it. Yeah. What's Cena think? She fell asleep. <laughs> oh, gosh. How can you do that? Uh, but what she did watch, like, she she said that Jack Nicholson nailed the the, the psychotic. She's like, he yeah. had that look. She said, there's no there's no yeah. possible way you could have gotten anybody else. I agree, especially when he sticks his face through the door and, here's Johnny. Yeah. He just <laughs> looks crazy. I'm still, the whole bear with the guest scene blows my mind. Yes. Just like, who thought of that? Yeah. Yeah, what what, a, what of, a time to have it. 
Well, like, what kind of sick and twisted, morbid person, like, hey, I, I have an idea. Yeah. Then, she, she's again, running through the hallway, and here's what she sees. Yeah. And then somebody goes, bloody brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> now, now the scene where he's uh, turned into a popsicle at the end, mm-hmm. that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, the look on his face is kind of crazy. And, it, and I, the naked lady coming out of the bathroom scene, did not expect it. I mean, I've seen the movie before. Right. It's been a long time. But I forgot about that scene. I was kind of like, oh, this is just crazy. You know, you're in a hotel by yourself. You come in, you have this vision. What in the heck's going through your head? Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just like, okay, run. And he's like, nope. <laughs> uh Freaky. Freaky stuff. Well, see, like the girls at the end of the hall, I knew that they was part of the movie, but I didn't yeah. realize, like, I've only seen them at the end of the hall. I didn't know, like, there was two or three other scenes with them in it where they're just basically yeah, yeah. roaming Pop the place. Up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I was like, what the heck? Very interesting flick, to say the least. Mm-hmm. I can see I can see why it has stood up as long as it has. Did you guys consider this to be a horror film? Like, would you consider it to be a horror film? Where's it fall? More on the psychological end, I would say. Yeah, like a psychological horror. Because yeah. there's not a lot of murder and hacking and all that. It's like more of just a mental... You can literally see a slowly mental demise. Yeah, once you start throwing in kind of the spirits for the past, that does get kind of into the horror realm. Yeah. It says that uh, Stanley Kubrick was concerned that the hedge mage was too easy to solve, and uh, he tried to solve it and got lost. <laughs> Do you know if that hedge maze, maze is at the same hotel in Colorado, or is that? In a I totally can't see it because it's in the location. mountains, and that would take a lot of space. Yeah, but I mean, I was maybe. Thinking maybe yeah, they took some liberties. And... Now it says the scene where he chases his son through the maze took about a month to shoot, and most of that was because the crew kept getting lost <laughs> and had to use walkie-talkies to try to help themselves out. Yeah, I was thinking what when you're trying to film it. Obviously, the crew is like leaving foot impressions in the salt snow or whatever and if the camera flips around you can't have those like you have to reset it it seems like every time and make it fresh again and so your footprints would show up again okay so the maze was filmed on the back lot of NGM uh, Bromewood Studios in England the overhead shot of the maze was filmed in the back parking lot of the Canterbury building in uh Bormwood, England, with a matte painting background. The Maze at Night was filmed on Stage 1 at Els, Els Tree Studios. Huh. But, I did see here, according to the shining.fandom.com, that the... Uh, oh, no, that's the wrong website. Never mind. According to another website, after international search for the best design, Colorado Stanley Hotel is building the real-life version of the hedge maze from The Shining. So there, this is back in 2015 that there's a Colorado Stanley Hotel is actually trying to build 
rebuild it. Yeah. So you know the scene where uh, Shelley Duvall's character finds pages of you know all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Yes. Apparently Kubrick's secretary spent months typing all that up. She had to do over 500 pages, and then she recreated them in five other languages for international releases. Why 500 pages? Why? I mean, you could put a stack of empty blank pages underneath and like the like top, make top copy, five or ten. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. the top five or ten. I agree. Shelley Duvall said this had such a mental and physical stress on her because Kubrick was extremely hard on her that it impacted her health and that she uh, was mm -hmm. in and out of ill health because of the stress and uh, she lost some of her hair and just, you know, really yeah, so difficult. Hair was falling out on set. Huh. Took a year to film the elevator scene. They got it in three shots. Took nine days to clean up the hallway and fill the elevator with blood again. Unbelievable. Took sixty doors. Yep. And he did the. Here's Johnny. From Johnny Carson show. That's where he got. I it thought that might have been where. Yeah, he ad libbed it. Well, what a thing to ad lib and to just hit the nail, knock it out of the park. I thought the tension they created by him. Coming through with the axe and trying to track down his family, like you know, sometimes they try to build tension and it's kind of unrealistic because it's taking like way too long. I, I felt like they paced it uh, realistically enough to where he did, he doesn't just bust the door down with one hit, but it's not also where it takes him like a hundred hits and it's it's kind of realistic. He gets a little bit yeah, a little more at a time through each time. Yeah. Yeah, the believability on that was spot on. Yeah. Well, apparently, Jack Nicholson was a volunteer fireman at some point. They had to... Right. The, the door was, yeah, so... Flimsy door, and then they had to make it stronger because he knew how to use an axe. <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy. What do you think about the overall uh, running time and the pace of it, Joe? The runtime was a little long for me. I think there may mm -hmm. have been a few things that they could have cut out. I guess there were like three different theatrical releases where they cut more and more out each time. So there's like, I think what we're seeing now is 30 minutes Longer. shorter than what it originally was. Maybe it's originally a close to three hour movie. Wow. Well, if it was a closer to three hour movie, I don't think I could have sat through that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there there could have been a couple of things that they could have tightened up on, but I mean, overall it wasn't bad. It, yeah. it wasn't. What do you think of the sound his little uh, three-wheeler bike thing made as he went through the hallway? <laughs> or it would like go onto the carpet for a second and then yeah. drop down onto the floor again. Yeah, just, just, that's just to add that extra little creeper factor. Yeah, yeah it's hard. I don't want to be critical of movies like this because obviously they're, they're trying to like slowly build the tension but it did feel a little bit of a took a, a minute to get going at the beginning I thought yeah but not not bad yeah not bad but. Uh, I've seen movies take a lot longer to get get you started five minutes maybe could have been five or ten could have been trimmed maybe yeah hmm. but overall pretty solid yeah. Mm -hmm. 
until the end. Until <laughs> <laughs> that weird picture thing. Yeah, that 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 killed it for me. I just I don't uh, understand it. I liked it. Rotten Tomatoes, eighty-five percent critic, ninety-three audience. Very high reviews. IMDb 8.4 out of 10. I think we'll be in similar range here. Overflowing medium to large. Maybe somebody will throw a mop bucket out. Yeah. I'm not I don't think it's mop bucket. Yeah, I can't quite throw a mop bucket at it. No. So we ready to rate it up? But a regular old medium seems a little low too. I don't think I can get that low. Yeah, there's too much in it. Would you get did you guys see the red rum thing coming when, when Danny was chanting it? Red mm. rum. No. Red rum. No. What do you think when you did see it? That mind blowing. It's like Yeah. Oh that <laughs> That just further proves my case that they're all nuts. <laughs> Did you recognize that it was murder backwards? No. Until the mirror, and she sees it in the mirror? Yeah, not until the mirror scene. Did you? Yeah, I think I knew that already somehow or something. But I knew what the red drum meant. Red drum. I just thought, okay. Red drum. They've all just completely lost it. And then there's no two ways about it. And then when we find out red drum's actually murder, well, that's... Let's just fast forward uh, a little bit once her and her son... Get off the mountain because they escape at the end. Spoiler, sorry. Uh, <laughs> is that kid just gonna be totally? Nuts well, Stephen King wrote another book, and let me see what it is here. I just saw it. Uh, and it is. Dr. Sleep. After many, many years after writing The Shining Book, he wrote a sequel, and in 2013 he released Dr. Sleep, which focuses on a grown-up Danny Torrance. And it's been adapted into a movie as well. Did not know this. Yeah, he's, uh, Danny's actually involved in, in it as well. Now, given the fact Kubrick has, of course, passed away, and Stephen King did not like the movie version of The Shining, it remains to be seen if Dr. Sleep will have anything to do with its cinematic predecessor. Said he's making... However, director Mike Flanagan explicitly said he was making a sequel to The Shining film and that the movie came out in October 2019. Dr. Sleep, let me look at it. Yeah, yeah, Danny's involved with it. Uh, the actor, Danny, and the movie poster has a picture of him on a... Tri uh, it's the iconic tricycle picture. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Red rum at the top. Okay. Wow. Budget of $55 million. Says Danny, who's struggling with alcoholism, remains traumatized by the sinister events that occurred at the Overlock Hotel. I'm shattered when he meets Abra, a teen who shares his extraordinary gift of the shine. Together they form an unlikely alliance to battle the True Knot, a cult whose members try to feed off the shine of innocence to become immortal. Has Ewan McGregor in it. Okay. I'd almost be interested in watching that. Yeah. At maybe. some point. Dr. Sleep. Okay. 
Fun fact, Shining was among the first few films in uh, the 70s to 80s to use the Steadicam, which now is just used all over the place, but I guess... I don't know what that is. Mounting it uh, to the camera operator's uh, body. Ah, so they can walk around. And following around smoothly, able to, like, walk with the cam and use it for, like, I assume when they're following him on his little tricycle and... In the in the maze, there's probably just a guy walking behind him. But yeah. I guess before the steady cam, yeah, they'd be jumping all over the place. It wouldn't be usable. Interesting. Yeah. So, if you're going to recommend this to someone, a would you recommend it to him, and b what scene would you use to recommend it to him? You got to watch this movie because of the the toss up between the tricycle with the twins and and here's Johnny. I mean, those are the yeah. two iconic scenes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I like him at the bar too. With just uh, Jack Nicholson's acting with the bartender. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, I think I would have to go with the initial interview. Where like, hey, listen, you wouldn't believe this movie. A guy takes on a job with his family to stay five months in a hotel stranded at the top of a mountain, yeah. twenty foot of snow. How could that possibly go good? <laughs> yeah. But. And it's on Indian burial grounds. Yeah. Woo-hoo. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. All right. Well, let's rate this baby up. All right. What are you guys thinking? Who wants to go first? I'm I'm going to say four. I'm uh, hold on four four stars, which would be a large bucket. You're going large. I'm going large, just because there's so many twists and turns, and I like that kind of stuff. Now it is older, and some of it's a little freaky and not necessarily plausible. But you know, like you said, the Danny backing his way out of the maze and, you know, having the, as a five-year-old, having the ability to know to do that is kind of mind-boggling. Right. But, you know, there's so many other good parts to this. You know, and Halloran coming back, that's just, you know, yeah. If he if he could come back, then they would have sent somebody to check on him every once in a while. Right. So that kind of was, like, implausible to me. But the rest of it, all the innuendos and the metaphors and... Just the freakiness of it. Oh, I liked it. Freaky. I think it definitely succeeds in what it's trying to do, which is give you a little bit of uh, that feeling of that you might be feeling in a hotel like that with all this crazy stuff going on. It does a good job of ratcheting up the tension, and but not necessarily the type of movie I would go out looking for, but I think clearly this one is pretty well done. Yeah, pretty cool visuals and stuff for its time. I mean, it looks good still. I think visually it holds up in 2022. Oh yes, most definitely. Looks good, and Nicholson does a good job. Well, I mean, yeah, I want to add this in here. Nicholson does a good job. He plays the role that he's kind of destined to play. But I gotta say, Shelley Duvall, Mm -hmm. wow, she carried the torch as well. Yes, she was really the deer in headlights what is going on i don't know what to think of this and she may have had a harder job than he did yeah i, I think he so he was able to just be his little bit of <laughs> throw that creep factor on but she yeah. had to totally sell the uh distraught yeah totally the mom trying to figure out what's down. really going on here and kind of a knucklehead you know and even in the beginning she kind of said well this is a neat hotel huh so this is the kitchen huh and i was like oh boy <laughs> <laughs> You know, chain-smoking mom that's trying to raise her son and just goes along with whatever her husband says. 
1980, it's not that strange, but now I was like, man. Yeah, really. Just she, yeah, she pulled it off. Doing the whole, I'll, I'll make you a sandwich and yeah. come back. He's like, no, stay the heck out of here. I'm trying to write. So, Justin, what did you say you rated this? A uh, large. A large? Yeah. Joseph, what are you thinking? I I wanted, I was excited going to this because this was a, I know this is a cult classic that I had never seen, so I, I had high hopes for it. And I was long for the ride until that stupid picture at the end. <laughs> so for that, I'm giving it an overflowing medium. Oh, the picture at the end got you. Yes. Overflowing medium. Yeah, if it wasn't for that picture, if we'd ended it with uh, Jack uh, turning into a popsicle, it would have been a solid large. But that picture at the end, just nope. <laughs> which is which is crazy to think that you've got the scene with the bear and the guy. And what I'm having issues with is the stupid picture. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's I agree with you, Joe. What the heck? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you just how warped this movie is that it makes you think. It's like I'm having more issue with a picture or hang on the wall than a bear with a guy. Yeah. <laughs> or, you know, I don't know. Furry. A furry, I think. <laughs> yeah, that, that might have been where it all started from. Yep. <laughs> Don't let the blood rushing out of the elevator bother you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Hmm. All right, so two large buckets and one overflowing medium because Joe can't get past the pitcher. Yep. All right, that's where we're at. All right, <laughs> Justin, you got your pick for next week? Well, I've got a list. Ooh. Ah, a list. I don't know. What would be on your list, kind sir? Let's Google some of these, see what, see what's available. What's, what's out there? Miller's Crossing. Miller's Crossing. That seems familiar. Yeah, not doesn't look like it's for free anywhere. It's. Uh, I'm looking here. Hold on, hold on, hold on, Justin. Yeah. Don't don't give up hope yet. Um. Let me log in here. What's the backup plan? What's plan B? Refer uh, back to plan A. <laughs> got Barton Fink. What? I've never even heard of that either. <laughs> Barton Fink. Oh, okay. Well, don't... It, it teased me like, here it is. Oh, this has uh, John Torito in it and John Goodman. What's it called? Barton Fink. Hmm. Yeah, looks like another have to rent it type deal on that one. Kramer versus Kramer. Mm -hmm. Did I throw that one out? That's a good one. I don't know where this list came from, but. Yeah, about lawyers in the 80s. Okay. 1979, actually. I'm not seeing anything for Kramer versus Kramer. Dustin Hoffman, Meryl Streep. All right, looks like you got to buy it. Yeah. All right, well, kind. What else you got, sir? 
Well, I mean, been kicking around the Godfather for a while. Ah, yeah, yeah. We missed the 50th anniversary. Yeah, it's almost three hours, too. I don't think I'm going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's summertime. We can't devote that much time to staying indoors watching movies. Well, here's one that's one of my all-time favorites. Uh-oh. Grizzly Man. What? Grizzly Man. Grizzly Man? Documentary. Oh. Justin, I thought of you the other day. Yep. Uh, I, I think I was working on one of the show notes or something. And they are... What was that movie? The name's escaping me about the the uh, they had little people in it. That they uh, was, Willow, yeah. Yeah, Willow. They're doing a series on Willow. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Yep, on Disney Plus. I th- I think so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Grizzly Man. Two thousand five. Yep, that's it. Uh, it looks like rent. Yeah. Oh no! Wait a minute. Depends if you guys are in the mood for a documentary or not. Okay, it's on Pluto, Redbox, Tubi. Yeah, it's everywhere. Free on everything, except an Amazon Prime. Yeah, it's a documentary. It's Okay. Grizzly Man's available. You want to go it's, there? It's a good talk piece, I think. Okay. And Joseph? What's the run, run time on it? Make sure uh, I'm pulling it up here. Uh, two hours. One hour, 58 minutes. Mm. Not bad. I like a little documentary. All right. There it is. Oh, no. Okay. According to here. Hour and 43 is what Yeah, I'm hour and 43. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think um, Pluto is with, at two hours with commercials. Grizzly Man. Yep. 2005. Okay. Yeah, this one was a mind blower for me back in the day. Nice. All right. Justin's pick. The Grizzly ha- Man, a documentary. I have to ask, are there any explosions? <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. Well, then don't be excited. Don't. Don't be surprised with yeah. a low rating. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That, that's your disclaimer from Joe. Okay. All right. Take us out of here. All right. For uh, all of our show notes and more reviews, check out our website at beentherewatchthat.com. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, uh, at BTWT Pod. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, Been There, Watch That. Leave us a five-star review. And all of our episodes are hosted by Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Yeah, comment with your uh, shining... Uh, hidden gems or conspiracies yeah, or gosh. what it's all about. I only listen to some. A bit. Got a lot to go there. Yep. All right, out, outstanding pick. Uh, make sure if you're a fan, you've watched this show or listened to this podcast, um, submit your movies to us. We love them. That's awesome. Yep. Fan pick, always a highlight. All right, next week, The Grizzly Man, 2005 documentary, mm-hmm. Justin's pick. And then it's back to me, the star rating pick where we get all mop yep. buckets. <laughs> yep. <laughs> But, uh, ooh, ooh, can I call Blunk? <laughs> <laughs> According to the fact checkers I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's self-proclaimed uh, fabrication. Anyway, all right. So we have... Been there? Watch that. All right, we'll be back next week, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Have a great week, and we'll be back with the Grizzly Man.